And welcome everybody to the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Flint, and we begin with the COVID vaccine. Does it work? I mean, the CDC is telling us we need to mask up again, even if we're fully vaccinated. Which leads me to uh, a column written by a gentleman I've uh, interviewed a number of times, half a dozen times, maybe more. Haven't done it in a few years, but he is a talk show host in his own right, a columnist. He's a New York Times bestselling author, Wayne Allen Root. And he ran for president back, I think, in 08 on the Libertarian ticket. And he's got a column in WorldNet Daily titled, The Vaccine Isn't Working, But the Gravy Train Is. And he talks about the coming lockdowns and the billions of dollars in bribes. And they're going to keep flowing. Now, we had the president. We had Anthony Fauci and the CDC publicly blaming those of us who are unvaccinated for this new wave of COVID-19, this, uh, the Delta variant. It's all our fault. It's largely a pandemic of the unvaccinated, is what Biden was telling us. Bloomberg just reported there are over 110,000 cases of uh, so-called breakthrough COVID-19. In other words, vaccinated Americans coming down with COVID. So the CDC is recommending masks for vaccinated Americans. Why are they doing that? Because as Root pointed out, the vaccines are not working. And there are cases everywhere. New York Yankees players who are vaccinated have COVID-19. An NFL coach who is vaccinated has COVID-19. Olympic athletes who are vaccinated have COVID. Texas Democratic lawmakers who are vaccinated have COVID-19. And Root is reporting the White House is hiding a large outbreak of COVID-19 among their vaccinated staffers. What's going on here? You know the you know the White House and its staffers are vaccinated. And then he points out in Singapore, 75% of the new COVID-19 cases are among the vaccinated. In Israel, the government admits, I think I reported this a couple of weeks back, the government of Israel admits a majority of the new COVID-19 cases are among the vaccinated. In the UK, the government admits a large share of COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are among the vaccinated. You know, we were told the, vac- the vaccines are, are the panacea. If you get vaccinated, well, if you do contract it, COVID-19, you're not going to be seriously ill. As I've reported a number of times in Massachusetts, there are 5,200 so-called breakthrough cases. People fully vaccinated who contracted COVID, 80 of them have died. In Cape Cod, my wife and I and our kids were thinking of going to Gloucester, which is, I think, 30 or 40 miles up the coast from Cape Cod. There's a large COVID-19 outbreak among the vaccinated. Five were hospitalized. Four of the five were vaccinated. In California, the most dramatic rises in COVID-19 cases are found in the most vaccinated counties. There's an outbreak of COVID-19 among vaccinated students at Stanford University. It's happening everywhere. The vaccines, yes, they may prevent, in most cases, serious illness or death, but they're not working like they've been touted that they're going to work. And they're going to be vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. Uh, We have to, at the assembly, those of us who work at the state have to have proof of vaccination in order to work. It's a condition of employment, which I knew it would be at some point. The governor came out with that a, a week or so ago, and we got a, a word yesterday, a statement from the uh, assembly speaker, Carl Hasty, that we need to be vaccinated. And if we're not, we need to be tested weekly. I don't want that swab shoved up my nose on a weekly basis. So, I mean, what am I going to do? Just quit? Say, all right. I'm, yeah, I know some people. I talked to a woman yesterday. She said she's not going to get the vaccine. She's not going to be forced into it. Now, she's single and has no children. 
So she's thinking of going with her fiance going to Arkansas where there are no such mandates in Arkansas or, you know, Alabama or any of the southern states. But here we're mandated to do everything because Democrats love to compel. They love to use the power, the force of government to compel people. I'm going to read a story here also from um, World Net Daily. I think this is from World Net Daily, but the, the Parental Rights Foundation, it's a parent parent rights group, obviously, has announced it's, it's filed a lawsuit over a new law that appears to undermine parental rights in the District of Columbia. See, these government people, especially in D.C., they're banking on parents in D.C. not knowing what's happening, and they're right, usually. So the foundation confirmed there's an effort underway to establish a procedure in the district to give vaccinations to children without parental consent. Now, the government has no right to do this, but the people in, in D.C., a majority of them, have no clue. This is why they elect Democrats. But the law is the Minor Consent to Vaccination Act of 2020, which circumvents the legal and constitutional rights of parents to make med medical decisions for their children, their minor children. Jim Mason is the president of the Parental Rights Foundation, and lead counsel on the lawsuit. He said the Supreme Court settled long ago that parents, not government officials, have the authority to make informed medical decisions for their children. This, is, this law is a poorly disguised end around to circumvent that right and give the district the outcome it wants over parental objection. Same deal, whether it's this issue, whether it's whatever issue. These people in government, usually Democrats, have an agenda. They could care less about the people they serve or they're supposed to be serving. So the complaint charges the district will not even bother to notify parents when their parental rights have been ended. The law prohibits the vaccine provider and the insurance carrier from informing the parent of their child's vaccination status. So where does that leave the parent? The parent's got to hope everything turns out well. And if you leave things to government, things never turn out well. I can't believe this. I, I, I do believe it. But the District of Columbia adopted this. They passed the bill by a 10 to 3 vote last year. And of course, the mayor, Muriel Bowser, liberal she is, she's a radical, signs it into law. It would let medical providers give vaccines to any child 11 years of age or older if the medical provider decides the child is mature enough to provide informed consent. How can a kid 11 be, you know, mature enough to make that kind of a decision? This is unreal. This law violates federal law, including the National Childhood Vaccine Injury and Compensation Act of 1986, according to this piece, and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993. It's the parents who have the right to opt out for their children, not the government. Governments don't make the, those kinds of decisions. I'll give you another example here of Democratic uh, strong-arming. Nancy Pelosi who infamously violated masking orders. Remember last year she wanted to get her hair done? She had a hair appointment. That, that trumped everything else. And she's been seen recently a number of times without a mask. She's apparently threatening those at the Capitol with arrest if they fail to follow her own mask mandate. You know, this is, they ought to, she ought to wear a mask, all right? She should cover her entire face with it. But these orders posted on social media by Congresswoman uh, uh, Kat Kamak state, if a visitor or staff member fails to wear a mask after a request is made to do so, the visitor or staff shall be 
denied entry into the House office buildings or House side of the U.S. Capitol. Any person who fails to either comply or leave the premises after being asked to do so would be subject to an arrest for unlawful entry. Members of Congress would be reported to House leaders and fined 500 bucks for not wearing a mask. Boy, it's unbelievable with these every one of these Democrats. And here's I want to get to this too before I run out of time here. The U.S. Postal Service, their uh, their union endorsed Biden for president. Obviously, I mean it's a it's a federal uh, it's a public sector union. And while public sector unions are all dominated by Democrats, well, here's Biden turns around and uh, is now forcing vaccine mandates on federal workers, and the post office is up in arms about it. Well, what do you want? You pulled him. You helped to pull this guy across the finish line. Now the union is like saying, wait a second. We don't want this. Well, it doesn't matter what you want. You got to be careful what and who for whom you wish. So the American Postal Workers Union issued a statement that said forcing the vaccine on workers is wrong. Well, no kidding. Now they're against it. They're not against you getting the vaccine forced upon you, but you can't force them into it. They put out a statement here on their website for what it's worth. Maintaining the health and safety of our members is of paramount importance. Blah, 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 blah. Last June, the union attacked former President Trump for even considering the notion of privatization, privatizing the Postal Service, and said that it supported Biden as the best choice to ensure that union members would face no such disruptions to their lives that Trump might cause. Well, what do you think now? What do you think now? By the way, speaking of the post office, you hear rates are going up again. It's already fifty-five cents to mail a letter or whatever. It's going to go. I don't know. By, I don't know by how much, but rates are going up, and they say they're going to take uh, longer to deliver things. So there'll be longer delays, and you're going to pay more for it. Does that make sense? Would that happen in the private sector if the post postal service were privatized? Would that happen? No, absolutely not, because there would be competitive pressures in the private sector. But the U.S. Postal Service has a monopoly on delivering mail. Democrats, liberals, progressives, communists, they're all against monopolies in the private sector. Businesses, companies, industries can't get too large. We need to level them off. Everybody's got to be equal. But when it comes to government, well, they're all for monopolies. All right, there's a little town in Texas, and of all places, a charity in the border town of La Joya, reportedly has rented an entire hotel to house illegal immigrants who have tested positive for COVID. And they haven't notified the local community in Texas. Fox is reporting that, uh, in the correspondent there, Rich Edson retweeted Wednesday night uh, of last week, police in La Joya, Texas, maybe you've heard about this, I haven't heard about it. It's a border town, announced a charity has had, had rented an entire hotel for COVID-19 positive migrants. They knew these migrants tested positive and they put them in there anyway. They say they they only found out, or they found out only when a family showing symptoms and staying there ate at a restaurant next door. A customer flagged down a police officer. So the officer found a family inside. They were coughing and sneezing and not adhering to health guidelines, weren't wearing masks, you know, weren't socially distancing. So these people, these individuals were staying at Texas Inn and Suites after being released by Border Patrol. This report comes a week after a number of migrant detainees who have tested positive for COVID in the Rio Grande uh, Valley sector of Texas soared by 900%. According to Fox, 135 detainees who were tested 
and they, they tested positive in the first two weeks of July alone, marking a 900% increase in confirmed positive cases compared to the previous 14 months. You got criminal cartels in these border towns and these border states, human trafficking, COVID-infected illegals in America. And much of it is happening in Texas, of all places. This is insanity. Letting th- these, This Biden administration, letting people they know are COVID positive, letting illegal immigrants mass across the border. I mean, the inmates are running the asylum in D.C. Uh, you know, I, we, we knew this would happen if Trump lost the election. Well, he I don't know if he lost or not, but he's no longer president. But, but that's a whole other story, a whole other topic, a whole other show. By the way, if you want to uh, listen to some really fine programming on the BMG network, Go to bmgnetwork.com and you'll find some really great podcasts up there. Ken Burns has a a fine program he does weekly. The Ken and Mike Show, which is a a weekly, I think Tuesday night, they air live on Facebook. Uh, Let's see, there is Set Apart, Kristen Coons. Adrian Ross has her podcast up there weekly. And this one, which airs uh, early Wednesday morning. And we do at least one of these a week, and we write columns as well. Uh, there's a column called The Pack Perspective that I do at, at least once a week. Ken Burns puts up columns there, and I think Adrian Ross writes as well. It's a really, really great network. We have uh, some fine writers and, and broadcasters, and uh, we are a Christian group. I mean, we love God. We love our country. We, we love our families. We put God first, always. God first, family, and then country. I mean, that's, that's the order but God above all things. And uh, so it's the bmgnetwork.com. If you want to get in touch with me directly, it's pacman at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Ted Flynn. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.